When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Lather Talk. My guest for today is Heather Melton of Zangari Man, and we just had a great chat talking about how the business has grown uh, over this past year, especially in light of the COVID pandemic. We talk a bit about her new expanded workspace. It really is a great peek behind the curtain of the everyday operations of Zangari Man, but what I found really interesting was the insight and the ups and downs of moving from part-time to full-time. I think this is a great conversation to listen in on if you're a burgeoning artisan or small business owner. It really was a fun chat, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Now, on to the episode. Welcome to the Lather Talk Podcast. I'm your host, John, a.k.a. Lather Hog. Unfortunately, my co-host, Gerard, cannot be here today due to, due to some scheduling conflicts. However, I have a very wonderful and special guest with us today for the episode. It is none other than Heather, uh, artisan behind Zingari Man. Heather, welcome to the podcast. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So good to have you on. So... For those who might not be familiar with Zingari Man, maybe they're new to wet shaving, uh, just finding out what this shaving stuff is all about, uh, could you give us a little bit on how Zingari Man started, You know, what year started, and how you got into it? So I started my first business in 2014, just doing women's skincare basic soaps and stuff, and um, started kind of playing around with men's. And the men's products just pretty much took over on my sales. So in 2018, I rebranded, launched in the fall under Zingari Man. Um, and one of my big things, really my focus was to make a men's line that had more of a focus on skincare. So, mm. I mean, most people I think by now like associate me a little bit more with the skincare side of like shaving and stuff. So uh, that was really what I set out to do. Um because I myself have a lot of skin issues. I have super sensitive skin um, and I was having a lot of reactions and just super like hyper reactive skin. I couldn't wear makeup. I was like having issues with face washes. Um, and so, you know, just doing research, I started making soap and it kind of just became a quick obsession, like quick obsession, like at one point we had 300 bars of soap in the house and I went to make another batch of soap and my husband was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm making soap. And he goes, the hell you are. What are you doing? Like, what are we going to do with all this? Hey, start a business, they said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, that's how it started. And my background is actually in laboratory science. And so, okay. um, and I love to cook. And so this is literally the perfect middle ground between two of my obsessions. So oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's just such a great combo for me with my background and then like my passion for cooking and just exploring ingredients. It's kind of the, it's like all fell over into like what I do now. So that's kind of how I started. And um, you know, I, my first company was Smitten Soapery, and that's not necessarily a very like inviting name for men so um Mm. i tried to you know find something a little bit more masculine and um you know i just i kind of went from there and that's kind of how i got here i guess (laughs) well i I, yeah i I did ask you for i guess like a a summary and i know that's a lot to summarize especially with a rebrand and whatnot but um so first off thank you for kind of uh, just giving that little introduction. Uh, it's always interesting to hear uh, from our guests kind of like for them to enc- encapsulate their, you know, like what their uh, history is of their brand, of their business. Because uh, I can, you know, I can read the about page for as, you know, <laughs> as long as I want, but exactly. I, I'm not, I'm not going to get that personal touch. So, you know, so th- thanks for entertaining <laughs> that question yeah. for me. Oh, because, you know, this is the thing with the, uh, 
especially in like the write-ups that I have, you know, mm-hmm. like people just don't read much or they start to mm-hmm. read like, and they just, so they don't really hear. So same with like talking with someone, there's always so much more detail because you kind of got to make those things quick and brief, right? <laughs> That's true. It's true. And of course, like the the opposite method would be like, what's the elevator pitch, right? You got 30 seconds to like, oh, but yeah, that's more that. like selling though, as opposed <laughs> to like, like, oh, I, I actually want to hear <laughs> more about you. Yeah, that seems like the ultimate stress like Oh, <laughs> maybe, I should have, maybe I should have asked that. <laughs> yeah, that would be no, no. like, so yesterday I did this presentation to a retailer and um, I had five minutes and oh. I was like basically told like you need to hit these points about your brand like what it is about your brand that does this and this and this it was so terrible I had 24 hours to prepare and I was so freaking stressed and like oh, wow. it, it was awful like I was recording myself on my phone and I didn't even listen back to it just to hit the time you know just five minutes and this is yeah. it seems like five minutes is a long time but then I think and it wasn't but 30 seconds oh my god and it's like <laughs> hey I make shaves so bye <laughs> see ya like, like what is wet shaving like oh no yeah. there, 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 there goes my 29 seconds <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. well let, let's fast forward then a little bit because you know uh I am a fan of of your products and um, very happy to use them and obviously tracking kind of the growth of Zingari Man and what you've been up to. And one thing that happened, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's been a a couple of months. uh, It seems so fresh in in my mind where you uh, moved into a new workspace and basically an expansion. Uh, Could you talk to us a little bit about how, how the move went and kind of where that is right now? You know, people would ask me, are you making soap in your basement or your kitchen? Mm. No, I wasn't. I did. That's how I started. Like, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. That is where I started. But um, I once spilt a five-gallon bucket of raw soap all over my kitchen, like, island, the counter. And it, like, went all down my kitchen cabinets. My husband looked at me and he goes, you're getting a workshop. (laughs) That was the end of the story. So um, we built a detached garage. And so I had a small basically it was like a three-car garage and I Mm. had like one bay one car bay that was like finished out and like air conditioned and stuff like that like temperature controlled and so that was my workshop for five years which was awesome and at first I was like oh my god all this space it was like 14 by 18 I don't know when that big but like I had (laughs) dedicated space and that's all I cared about yeah um but last year I just I got to the point to where I couldn't grow anymore if I literally didn't grow. Um, I was like, I can't take on any more retailers. I just, like, every time I had a release, I was, like, making the products ahead, and I was sitting them, like, outside of the shop, like, in my garage, basically, um, (laughs) until I had room to put them because I just, like, I just didn't have room to put them on the shelves. So when I first launched, um, and some people don't know this, like, I actually carried women's products very short term, and then about a year into less than a year into it I was like yeah these gotta go like I don't have time like they're not like they're I just it was kind of like I didn't want to let it go because it was like my baby like when I started you know yeah and um so I finally like just I let go of the rope and I let it go and I was just like it's fine it's fine but um so I did get a little bit more room in the shop then but um I just with the retailers I was taking on, like every retailer I got, like every new release became more stressful because I was like, oh my God, I got to make more and I don't have room. Um, and so in the fall, we started looking and um, I found the shop I'm in now, which is about 4,000 square feet, which is like, I don't even know what I had before, probably like 400 square feet, maybe. <laughs> wow. if that. Quite, yeah, quite quite improve uh increase yeah oh yeah it's like (laughs) the the improvement i was like i can't i don't need this i don't need this much room i don't need this much room my husband's like we're buying you're like you're gonna have and that was the thing like he's a realtor so he's like you're not renting you're gonna have to buy something gotcha um, i didn't want to buy something that like just worked for now i wanted something i can grow into Mm -hmm. so that's the now yeah that's the whole point behind getting like four thousand square foot so i don't (laughs) need that right now right um yeah so wow 400, 400 to 4,000. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I literally have an entire building for just storage. And it's like, 
what? I had like a shelf, like a wall before for storage. Right, right. So, oh, man. Um, yeah, it's pretty nice to actually have room to move. And like, I, I, it's just, it's crazy. Like the amount of space that I have is, is amazing right now. It's so nice. Awesome. Um, but so, yeah, we moved it. We bought that in the fall. And then it was basically a pole barn. Basically, it was basically a porn with like this little office break room area, bathroom, like built into it. And so we, um, we finished it out and we, you know, put in ceiling wall, we covered the floor and all that good stuff. Um, and then we moved in, in, um, the end of January, February, early February, something, I think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's awesome. It took us a while to get situated and to like, know where everything was that was a whole like we had like you know when you get your routine of like like you're in your kitchen cooking you can turn around and like grab something out of the drawer like you know where to go like it's just automatic right like yeah the workshop was like that yeah and then it wasn't okay <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like when you move into a new house yeah. and then you're yeah. like trying to cook and all of a sudden you're like where the hell is like i did that for like two months <laughs> So with uh, this really investing in yourself, investing in this business, have have um, your hours shifted? Because you know you mentioned you know the the day job is as uh, um, in the in the lab. Has that shifted? Then I guess as Zingari man, I, I would imagine is taking up more of your time. Yes. So when I moved into the building, I had a plan that I was going to be full a full-time artisan by the end of the year i was going to give myself oh. to the end of the year and let things get situated with like all the new like expenses and just you know the growth and stuff like that and kind of settle into it a little bit um and i just decided and quickly realized that um, it was really becoming more of an interference than um I realized, I think, um, like I wasn't going to be able to get time off. There was a trade show I wanted to do. And it's not like a, it's not like a hobby trade show. It's like a full blown, like regular trade show. Mm -hmm. And, um, I wanted to do that and it was, it's in Vegas in the fall and I wasn't going to be able to get off. And, oh. you know, I kept thinking about it and I was like, you know, like, this is really, like, it's starting to interfere, like, not just be a distraction or anything like that. Like, it's it's literally interfering with business. And so, um, it was a terrifying thought, <laughs> as I'm sure anybody who's, like, ever went to be self-employed before yeah. will tell you. Um, it was a terrifying thought that just one day I was just, like, I'm going to have to quit. Like, I just... I'm just going to have to like, and I've been in the hospital lab. I mean, that's what I've done for eight, almost 20 years, like 18, 19 years. Yeah. And so, um, I love my job and that was, that made it even harder. Sure. I think like if I didn't <laughs> yeah. like my job and I hated right. where I worked with my coworkers, like, I think that that would make it a whole lot easier to be like a peace out bitches. Like I'm done. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like what I do, you know, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I felt like, you know, especially like in the fall and in the summer, like when our COVID numbers were high, like, mm. you know, you, when you work in healthcare, like it's always nice to know that like what you're doing really is making a difference, especially if you're not necessarily front lines, even though you're like very necessary, like the laboratory is definitely a necessary part of for healthcare. Sure. For sure. Um, but, you know, it does, I don't want to say proud, but kind of you a little bit like pride knowing feel like you were a part of something like important so to speak um whenever like your community needs it mm -hmm. and you know things like that so um I, I did love what I did and actually I left and I <laughs> put my notice in and it took me a while and it was like it was one of those things that once I decided and I was like okay I'm doing it it'll be fine I'll make it work you know and then like quickly I was like I don't like this job anymore like I'm ready to go <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't true at all it was just kind of like i knew like once i made my mind up yeah. and then made that decision like i was ready to move on like you know that was fine so i actually offered to stay on like if they needed a little bit of extra help yeah. um but i haven't worked since like may 1st and i work like next weekend and i actually just emailed my boss at the beginning of the week and I was like sorry i think that's going to be my last weekend uh, okay. <laughs> i don't think i can do this like 
So, um, but you know, it really is like I was working like 70 hour weeks and it just, it's exhausting. And, um, I've been doing that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And as, even if, even before Zingari, like really took off whenever I was a lot smaller, um, and with Smitten, like I was doing craft shows and like, I was traveling to do shows and I was just, I was still putting in so much hours and eventually it's just like you kind of got to like as my mom used to say you gotta like shit or get off the pot like you gotta do one or the other yep. like <laughs> right right you know so um that's why i was just like well i it, the la the hospital's not going anywhere i'm leaving on good terms i'm leaving on my terms i put in like i put in like a six-week notice and so you know i can always go back if i need to i mean they're always going to be hiring to some degree so right right that's why i'm looking at it <laughs> But still, though, I, I mean, you with the building, and then obviously this, you know, the, the shift uh, or the, the leaving of your of your job, you're betting on you, and I, yeah, I mean, you 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 hear, and they're always really inspiring stories, right? Entrepreneurs and whatever, they're they're betting on themselves, but it's not obviously with any <laughs> quite the opposite, right? There's tons of risk, but yes, it's but, very. <laughs> so, so, could you say that again? It's very nerve-wracking. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's just, yes, you're right. And I think part of that is why I offered to stay on if they needed extra help at the hospital, because mm -hmm. I think it was like a little bit of like that safety chain, you know, um, like, well, if I'm not doing well, like, you know, always try to work at the hospital, like to bring in some extra money, maybe, or, you know, something like that, or I can still keep my foot in the door and then I can always go back like, and just pick up a shift or pick up more shifts or whatever. I think it was a, a crutch. And so um, I, I really think it was like, a, it's a security. I, it's, it is, it's very, it's very hard. And my husband's also self-employed as a real estate agent. So he's right. literally right. commission only. And right. so, um, yeah. <laughs> so now we're both self-employed. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's at least um, a, a a source, right? Of like, I don't know, the lifestyle change slash, uh, yeah. you know, like your, the day to day. I'm sure, <laughs> like, I'm gonna make my own schedule, but then it's on you, right? When it's like the order is not, you you have a retail order to fill and it's not fulfilled. Like, who in the end, who is it, who is it affecting? It's like, it, you know, it's it's yourself. So yeah. you have that extra drive. <laughs> to... Yes, you do. Um, yeah, you do. And my husband is very supportive um, because of what he's he's been a real estate agent for so long. Um, what he realizes, and like, unfortunately, like a lot of spouses that are married to artisans, like, and this is things I've heard over and over, is like, mm. you know, it is a big leap, and I don't want to say it's a leap of faith. And like you said, it is betting on yourself, and sometimes that's really, really hard to do, sure, right? Yeah, sure. um, especially whenever it comes to like your finances and like your living and stuff. I mean, it's a huge leap of faith. Yep, yep. Um, but he's always been one to say like, you know, well, you got to invest money. Like you got to, you got to spend money to make money. And so like, if I, you know, had a big purchase and I was like really nervous about it, he's like, you know what? Like, it's what you got to do. Like, you know, it's, it's just, it's just how it is. And so I've never gotten a lot of slack from him. I've always gotten a lot of support. And so like whenever I wanted to buy the building, like, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. at my position, I think, you know, there are, there are spouses um, and significant others who would definitely be like, yeah, no, that's not happening. And instead he was like, well, you're not renting, you're buying. <laughs> that's my one requirement. So um, he's been very supportive, thankfully, and pretty awesome. So I really um, can't complain. And yeah, as far as making my schedule, it is nice to have a little bit more flexibility and not be like dedicated to those, like, even though like I may work, I may not go to work until nine or 10, but I may work till seven or eight or whatever at night instead of like, I have to be there from two to 1030. Right, right. Um, but there is one thing I will not be working any more damn holidays because <laughs> I worked holidays for 18 years in the hospital. And so, you know, I will not be working on Christmas day ever again. That's good. <laughs> Sorry, y'all, but you're not getting stuff on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can say the, the, the shop is closing on whatever day, 22nd, exactly. 23rd, <laughs> whatever. You, whatever you, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that, yeah. No, that's great. And I, and like you mentioned, like, a significant other spousal support 
it's it's huge. I mean, yeah, whether it's yeah, anyone who wants to be self-employed, they get the idea. And how much hard, like, how much hard is it for to convince yourself? Like, yes, this is. I'm gonna put all my eggs in this basket. And then if you have resistance or doubt from a loved one, like, that's not, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's not. I don't know. It's just making a challenging thing even harder. So, yep, super, superb to hear yes. that your husband is. Um, I mean, seems like very very active role as far as like, like yeah, like like pushing it. Like yeah, like like you don't have to rent. Buy get the bigger space. Don't like one thousand square feet. Like that would have been reason. That been right. reasonable or like twelve hundred. <laughs> like let's let's triple the size. But then no, no, like it's it's. Yeah looking yeah. long term because like hey we're going to make it that far we're going to need that space some point in the future right. some point in the future not saying like next year but like yeah no he's funny because like i'll have like a release or something because he's not in the hobby so that's like, still I mean, he, very he unfortunate I, I, you've told me this before yeah, he's not really in the uh, hobby. like i could literally like he will not change he's the soap killer i call him like he will not change his door of soap out until yeah. it's gone and then he'll be like should I just grab one out of the drawer or do you got a specific one? So like if he tries to grab one of mine that like, I don't know, like I'm kind of cherishing, like I've got a jar of Finn Church. I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> it'll be wasted <laughs> so, on you. And so we're like, I'll let him use it for like a week and then I put it back in the drawer. So he doesn't like use it all up. So, um, yeah, he's funny. So. <laughs> yeah, he's funny. But so like, I'll have a big release or something. He'll be like, um, don't you need to get to the shop and work? Like, what are you doing? Like, I, I heard your phone go off. I know you got orders to go pack. Like, so yeah, yeah. he's also like the whipcracker. Okay. That, that's, that's good. That's yeah. Yeah. Su- support slash taskmaster. I mean, it's, uh, we, we need that. We need, yeah. Yeah. We, we need that, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So that, that's, I don't know. That's just, that's just very special and very good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let, let's shift gears a little bit and uh, there's some observations I, I, I made just as far as also I don't know if they came with ex- the expansion or kind of like, like, like um, this up in investment of Zingari Man so first I want to mention the labels and I'm a big fan of these uh, illustrated labels that have been popping up in your last few releases. Uh, I know our mutual friend Raza from um, he has yeah. a YouTube channel, Shaving with Raza. <laughs> Plug for you, Raza. <laughs> He's doing fantastic work. So I, I, I do want to mention it's, it's had a very intentional thing because you had your like a, a very solid template before, right? Where you could just may tweak the color a little bit, um, the, the, like the font, right, of the name of the soap. Like, oh, the Wanderer, the Explorer has little tweaks. But now, like, with this, it's... That's it. <laughs> That's it. Just different colors. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's still, but it's still something. It keeps things simple but elegant. However, like, you know, going with the illustration and each tub looks so, so different. Like, um, what were some of the factors, I guess, going in that direction for you? You guys are just demanding. How's that? No. Excellent. <laughs> so when I did the Watchmen, I really, I as soon as I smelled the scent, I I literally just had this picture that I wanted to go with it. And at first, it was about the write up. And a lot of people, that was the first time people noticed that I did these, like, big write-ups. And I'm like, the write-ups have always been there, but, like, nobody's ever made attention to them before, right? <laughs> Until now. And they're great. Like, I have a writer. I don't write them, by the way. Like, I cannot take credit for that. Jackson, if you're listening, thank you. Because you're also awesome. Um, <laughs> he is. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's a yep. fantastic writer. Um, but, uh, so, <laughs> I had this vision instantly. And I was like, this is what I'm wanting. This is why, like, and then he did the write-up. And I was like, it's perfect. Like, it's exactly what I wanted. This, like, everything with that project just fell in place for me yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, everything was right on point on my expectations. Um, and I was like, I have to have a label for this. Like, I have this, oh. like, whole concept. I have this whole vision. Yep. Like, I need, yep. this is the one time I need a label for okay. it. And okay. honestly, I thought it was such a unique scent. I really wasn't sure if I was going to go over, but I loved it. And I was like, sure. I don't care if anybody else does. I love it. <laughs> um, and I 
came in contact with Lauren, who did the the designer who did that, and actually, um, that, that's a, by the way that that is a great label as well. Um, awesome, yeah. she she nailed it. So and this is the first time she's ever done like an actual label. And she, oh. I mean, obviously, she don't know anything about shaving. She's like a graphic designer, but um, yeah, she just totally killed it. And it was also her first metallic label, which is also oh, like no way. twice as hard. Really? Yeah. It's a whole different concept to do because they have to actually do two layers when they do metallic. And so it's definitely a lot more challenging um, to design. And um, I just got so much feedback on that label (laughs) that my tester group was like, you know, there's no going back. Okay. Just to clarify, positive feedback. (laughs) I, I would hope. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But I mean, like, even now, Watchmen, like, I still, yeah. like, I mean, I see yeah. Shave of the Days off of Watchmen. It, I, re- I launched it, what, in September-ish, oh, I think? Yeah, I and think so. It was right around hurricane season. Right. That was what my plan was. And, um, like, I still sell it like hotcakes. And um, I still see a Shave of the Day with Watchmen daily. Like, I'm wow. still tagged in it okay. daily. And okay. that my... My, my my tester group was like, you know, you're not going to be able to, like, go back to the regular ones now, right? And I was like, it'll be fine. And they were like, no, <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> not going to be. Yeah. Um, and then she did Nocturne for me, which was just a really small, like, collaboration I did with Thurston Man. They did the same. Mm-hmm. I did the vegan soap base. And she rocked that label then, too. So I was like, okay, these are fun. <laughs> to do fine okay so um really honestly this is the thing is the community in the hobby like really went those right but when i rebranded i wasn't really focused i really wasn't even in the hobby when i rebranded and focused on this so like jr can tell you a funny story like i almost had a brand called i I don't remember what it was it was something like noble pig or something (laughs) like that like and he was like her painty pig or dapper pig or something he goes that sounds awfully a lot like noble otter and i was like well that's kind of a cool name and he goes there yeah. is a yes. noble otter and i was like darn oh. <laughs> he was like jesus christ what did i get into um so we still we still laugh about that i could have had like the opposite of Cody's yep. brand with that. animal theme. Um, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and um so I wanted something actually the the original labels in like Ben like this is like probably the same thing with Ben like it's about brand recognition so like I wasn't really like into the hobby at that point but I kept thinking like if people are on a in a random store say you're at Sephora or sure sure the shelf Sephora yeah wherever it may be you recognize brands based on that consistent look, not because they have a different illustrative label for everyday right, scent, right. right? Like you recognize American crew because it has the same, the same, the same type, the same look, everything for every, everyone. Yo play. I mean, it really doesn't matter where yeah. you're at. Like, like every, like you recognize the brand consistency, right? So honestly, like for the hobbies, I, I realized people, but for, like larger scale, like really the brand consistency is actually sure. more important. So it's, it's, I'm really sure. torn between the mm-hmm. two um, because I am trying to like grow like outside mm-hmm. the hobby, you know? Um, so it is, it is a catch 22. Uh, the consistency of that is definitely affecting, you know, it can affect brand recognition later, which is something I am concerned about. But as I, as I grow, as, if I grow to where I like, I want to be anyway, hmm. you know, um, if you stay in the hobby, it really doesn't matter. People are going to just know the name, but, and they'll recognize the, the label based on um, repetitive viewing, you know, they'll automatically recognize the design. Oh yeah. Even if they don't see your name on it, but you know, when it's sitting on a shelf somewhere, people don't really, it's not sure. the same. Right. So, at a glance, at a glance, you want to be able to be recognized, especially if like, yeah, one day it's like your, your local um, supermarket chain or, or something like, or whatever, like the actual physical shelf as, as you described. Um, so, so then would you say as far as the illustrative versus the more standardized um, labels, are the standardized labels still then in use for, I, I guess like for, um, 
your established sense, like the stuff that's right. year round, right? That that's that's kind of like right. that's that's the one where we can still like okay, that that's a Zingari soap because I know. Like Nomad isn't going to get a new label. Um, Wanderer's not getting a new label. Explorer, they're not getting new labels. Um, yeah. I actually did just redo Navigator, and it was because I had a really good idea for it. Like, um, <laughs> okay, and it was kind of the same way. Um, I was like, okay, so I really have a good design concept that I would like to do for that. So maybe I'll just do that one. But no, the <laughs> others that are in that standardized look, they're not going anywhere. They're they're going to stay that way. Okay. Um. But moving forward, I think at least uh, the majority of them probably will have the illustrative. And, you know, there is a, a cost a cost and a time sure. like, commitment. Sure. I mean, gosh, Navigator just got finished, and that took her, like, two months to do. So, oh, wow. okay. I mean, it's time-consuming. Yeah. yeah, Raza's prompt. Like, I didn't give Raza, like, props. <laughs> He's on that shit. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Some, you know, because they're doing it like on the side evenings, nights, and weekends yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So, understood. You know, I can like take some time, especially if it's a very complex. I mean, when I do, if I'm paying somebody to do a, a brand new label design for a full release, I mean, I have like six products. So it's an investment. It's not just like the one design for like, I mean, obviously the soap top, the lid yep. is the, like, the, main. the main. Yeah. But I also have a side label. I have a splash. I have a soap. I have, you know, the new the new ones all have beard elixirs. They have beard butters, and I have a fragrance. Wow, that's a lot. That's, of labels. that's a lot of labels, right? Right. You got to repurpose that or tweak that design to fit all those products. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a lot of work on their end. I mean, it's it's a time commitment definitely to do a full lineup. So um it's also a cost commitment sure yeah of course of course that's something that the consumer might not consider but you want Mm -hmm. your fancy labels it doesn't come for free (laughs) (laughs) even even to update like like we're talking about the template like the more simple uh i mean there's a cost in that too because like if unless you got some like mad graphic design skills heather (laughs) someone's guys tweak you know like what's a good font what's a good color for this new one like it's it's still it's still time and and, and money. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a local designer I work with who's, who's really great normally. And so I can say, well, before I, like, I started needing, like, a bigger volume of labels, I could send them a new name and say, well, I kind of went it in this sort of color, and he would match something in the, within that green that would match, like, the green, the original yeah. green. Yeah, yeah, And um, he would send it back to me, and he'd be like, hey, how's this look? And I'm like, okay, run with it. Like, and I need, you know, 100 labels or whatever it was so um it's not quite that easy anymore you know it is a little bit more work but um it's fine i mean they are fun they look great in pictures uh the the brain consistency you know some people love sterling's like consistent look and some people don't but that's a great example he is a fantastic example of he has brand recognition from anything yeah. doesn't matter what he's selling. He's got brand recognition. Um, and it's the same way if he ever upscales into, you know, just say, for example, department stores or whatever, yep. like other online retailers outside of the hobby. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got it like on every product. It's like people are going to know. Like mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. important. I mean, that's people in the hobby don't understand the value in that, that aspect of it. Right, right. The, the branding, the marketing part especially in it right like um the illust- and that, that, that makes sense too just to uh, kind of backtrack a little bit where the illustrative labels if you're just uh someone that's a wet shaving enthusiast looking at other shaved labels yes the illustrate the uh, beautiful illustrative label is gonna pop and stand out from everything else so of course that that'll draw your eye to it but then right. for someone who just like i just want to use, like what is a shave soap <laughs> and you go look it's like it's it's nice but it's like you're, you're trying to like lodge your, your name and your logo or whatever in, in their right. brains. Like if you like this, please check out these other things that we have right. to offer. So exactly. totally yeah. makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah. And that's also like um, another thing that people don't think about is the amount of sense that you carry. Like right now, I mean, honestly, like in most people in my situation, like we sort of cater to the hobby because 
you're the majority of our customers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is the is the wet shade community. Um, so when it comes to like fragrances and when it comes to like new scents and new releases, I mean, like more established brands who are a little bit more like not in a niche so much, mm-hmm. they don't do 15 cents a year. You know what I mean? Like nope. they do like maybe a spring release, maybe a fall release. <laughs> yeah. And then like, four standard scents or something like that you know i mean they don't they're not under this pressure to like constantly just do another scent do a new scent do a new scent you know i mean it's 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 a lot it's definitely a different um flow workflow being in a hobby niche than being in like a mainstream like lineup right right and that's a really important thing that you hit on where um a lot of the listeners of the podcast are part of the, the wet shaving community, uh, wet shaving degenerates, <laughs> hobbyists, whatever whatever label you want to use. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's funny how many people aren't aware that like your Taylor of Old Bond Streets, Parasso, and the the brands are just they have you know they've been around a long time and have established that whether just through word of mouth or whatever it's that kind of fits the model what you what you said it's like they need to have their basics they gotta keep it simple that you have too many in your line then people just like i don't know what to pick i'm just gonna go for the one that has two choices because i like green over red or green or red i can do green or like maybe i'll do both but no exactly (laughs) right and that's the thing like they have what like four cents three cents or something like that and then they have like their look is exactly the same except for the color Mm -hmm. for everything like it's that brand recognition. Um, yeah, so it's definitely a difference, but the labels are fun and it's fun working with the designers mm-hmm. um, because Roz is like, Heather knows what she wants. He's a very nice way of saying Heather is bossy and she's just telling me to do. Um, <laughs> is so polite. <laughs> but um no i like once i got something stuck in my head then i was like okay this is what i want and so then i have a very distinct image that i want portrayed okay and so then like i'm not saying like they can't do what they want or they can't because sometimes i'm just like okay yeah that looks that looks good because sometimes there's certain things that aren't that big of an issue to me but then the ones that are I'm like no that's not what, that's not what I, okay so these are the examples i gave you this is what i wanted you know so um it's fun to to see it come to life whenever you have like this vision mm-hmm. um because it's not really something i have control of it is but it isn't because i can't do any graphic designing so i have no control over that it's not like i can be like let me fix that for you like i can other things you know so let me just do that my way. <laughs> right, right. They're uh, they're carrying out your vision, especially if you have a very clear one uh, in your mind. And and then from there, you know, it's like, oh, well, we can't do that exactly, but how about this? And right, it's a process. It is a process. <laughs> yes. Good way to put that. Just to backtrack, Heather, uh, you mentioned with The Watchmen and on the scent side, which is really something I really love in uh, the, the wet shaving hobby, you got to work with Sean Mayer of Mayer Olf- uh, Olfactory. Dang it, Mayer Olfactive, I mean. Also, yeah. Chateau and Luke's, which I think more shavers will be familiar with that. Um, can you just go a little bit into into that process? Because we're just talking about like with your designers, how they carry out a vision. It certainly seemed like with with the with Watchmen and um, and other other sense that have since come out, you have a very particular vision for that. Yes. I've been on a journey of learning perfuming myself, but my schedule just, you know, when you're putting in like 60, 70 hour weeks, it's like learning something new that's so time consuming and evolved. Um, just not always easy to. So I wanted this dark stormy aquatic. Like I just knew I wanted one. I am obsessed with aquatics. I started it last year and there were a few um kerosene has a really nice aquatic i love and um imaginary authors and i was starting to blend some of those and i was like this is what i need i need Mm. like a stormy aquatic that's a little bit dark but not like dirty and like i just i knew what i wanted and i sat down i kind of did a few things and i was like i don't have time for this and i know it's not something like really that i 
do. So um, I reached out to Sean and I was like, hey, so are do you take, because I knew that like he only does like collaborations with, you know, um, Scott. So I was like, do you do like freelance work as far as like, and he's like, well, what are you looking for? And I told him and he was like, okay, yeah, that's, I definitely would be interested in doing that. So mm. it kind of just went from there. And the first one he sent me was like almost there. And I was like, mm, it's got this. And so he sent me a second one right away. And I was like, this is it. Oh, wow. This is the one I like. And I was like, I told my testers, I was like, okay, so the fragrance is in. They're like, you're not going to send it to us. And I was like, no, because they don't care. Like, <laughs> well, well, as in, like, it was, it was good for for you. This is what you wanted, right? I was, I was yeah. done with it. Like, I was happy with it, and I was almost like, I was like, I'm going to send it to you guys, but I've already told you I'm done. Like, you know, it's it's a done deal. But like, I'll let you guys smell it. It's fine. <laughs> They weren't real happy about that. They're like, this is what we're for. But I was like, I just love it. Like it for me, it hit everything I wanted. Um, it's like not dirty, like some could be, yeah. I think. You know, it definitely could have been like dirty or too bright. Like as the perfect, like um, like stormy air vibe that I wanted. It's a little bit dark, 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 and it's not dirty. It has a, it has enough aquatic that you recognize it's an aquatic, yeah. but not quite an aquatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, yeah, it hits, it hits everything that I want. So um, that project for me just came together perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like everything about it, like the write-up, the the label, the scent, everything was just in perfect unison with each other. So yeah, I'm. It's one of my favorite projects. So I love it. Yeah. Um, and I had met Sean before I talked to him several times. Um, I met him at a, um, a small meet that we did in Louisville. And, um, yeah, I had talked to him a little bit. Like that's when I kind of started tossing around the idea about learning perfuming and stuff. And he was like, Oh, Hey, let me email you some stuff. So like a few days after the meetup, he like emailed me a bunch of references and he's like, Hey, these, so I had kind of started the rapport with him a little bit, but, um, I really just didn't know where to start. Like if I wanted to hire someone to do something like that. And, um, I had even considered it to be like the second to the lineup, like, like the number two, basically to the number one. Oh, Um, right. Right. Yes. And then, yeah. Yeah. So initially it was kind of going to be that. And then I was like, well, no, I really want this label because I have this design. So it was a whole thing. But yeah. Because so otherwise, that's kind of how that worked out. Otherwise, it, w- it would have just been labeled number two. Um, and, and you wouldn't have, like be hitting home that theme, right? Of, of like, I mean, there's a very distinct imagery. That's why I think really, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of that scent. But yeah, that label, like it just really completes the, the picture for for that release. Uh, and, and just uh, remind, remind me, You've obviously worked more with Sean. What are the other since the, you know since after Watchmen release? What are other ones that uh, you've worked together on, um, or had him work on for you? I'm not, whatever the proper phrasing is. <laughs> Sean Merchant. Okay. And um, some people may not know this. So at the be- was it the beginning of the year or the end of the year last year? Like it was not planned, but I had to discontinue the magician. And it was due to one of the fragrance components being discontinued. And I was like, I kind of wanted to update it anyway, but I was kind of forced to. And so I actually have three and a half cents ready to go from Sean. Um, Because at the beginning of the year, I had around Christmas time, maybe I had sent him and I was like, these are some things that I'm really wanting. Like I'm not in a rush for them per se, but I was in a, I was kind of wanting something to replace magician sort of quickly because I knew that once it ran out, I didn't really have anything like in its place. And, um, yeah. So, but because some of them are a little bit darker, like they're going to be released in the fall and don't ask me the names for them. Cause I don't have a name for them yet. <laughs> noted. Noted. <laughs> Got it. For, forthcoming. It's forthcoming. It's forthcoming. It's forthcoming. A lot of people by now know that I have a sandalwood that he did um, because the sandalwood he did for me. And that was because I felt like I didn't have a sandalwood base. And I was like, well, I feel like everybody's going to have a sandalwood. Like, so I need a I'm, I'm all for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, the sandalwood is actually done. I'm not going to release it until like 
after summer. Yeah. Uh, cooler, cooler uh, weather, uh, correct? Yeah, I figure it'll, be, it'll go better for cooler weather. Not that it's a heavy, dark sandalwood, but just in general, I feel like sandalwood was a little bit more, you know, cool. Fall, yeah, like fall, winter. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but when I was playing with um, the barrel proof, the last two revisions I sent them of that, I was like, I sent them that, I sent them one that I had done, and I was like, I wonder what that sandalwood would be like mixed in, like the other barrel proof ingredients, excuse me, ingredients. And I was like, so I sent it to them, I did tell them. <laughs> and they were both like, oh, we like this one the best. And I was like, of course you would. <laughs> Of course you would. So um, then I told them they were stoked. They were like, you mean our scent's going to have a, you know, like part of Sean's work in it? Yes. So the uh, the base, a little bonus yeah. for them. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, it was definitely a bonus. So, uh, yeah, Barrel Proof has uh, the sandalwood base in it. So if you guys like sandalwood and Barrel Proof, FYI, that'll be coming out later. Nice. Um but they look that so yeah that's one and then i actually have sort of a um like a yin yang barbershop coming one is like a super citrusy herbally fresh one that will come out this summer and then one is a darker slightly spicy slightly powdery mm. like twist on like the classic but like modernized um like they're just polar opposites of each other and let me tell you the citrus one is like i just like i didn't even want any revisions he sent it and i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) i love this like i was like literally like we're gonna like pull it on my arms and like i made the soap and then i was like well maybe i can put this in a lotion for myself like i was drenching like everything it's so good. Nice. Um, so I'm actually starting on finishing up that project now. So hopefully like July-ish, maybe, I don't know, sometime this summer. Well, it's still yeah, fun, I-, but- I was going to say the summer is like fast approaching <laughs> as of the recording of this video. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. Podcast. I, have, like, I didn't have any releases from The Watchmen until um, number one in Merchant, like in March, I think maybe. And so it was like five months. I didn't have any like releases basically. And so they all, cause they all kept getting delayed. And so now I have like a ton of them, like all at once. So now I'm like, I have too many. I have to space them out. Like I can't really send me release every two weeks. <laughs> it's too much work. Right. Right. And then you, you don't want to like, I don't know, like release fatigue or, or <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah, it's exhausting for you guys as well. I mean, First off, to keep up with them. I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> I can't even, like, ter- tell you what I did two weeks ago. And you guys can, like, repeat, like, everybody's releases. It's coming out in the next, like, month. <laughs> Google Calendar? I, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know what other methods Google people do. <laughs> I don't know what other methods people do. Uh, but yeah, so that. whenever, like, as, uh, so as a hobbyist, you know, are you automatically just more drawn to sense that you think, are more complex or like, I mean, I, I like with Sean, obviously a lot of people know Sean, but I've worked with like Rurana now and I've worked yep. with Byron. Yep. And so I've worked with a couple other perfumers. Um, Sean's just more known in the hobby per se. Right. Um, not that he's not known in perfume world, but his perfume work is more known in the hobby um, because he was in the hobby. So um, yeah, are you just... Are you just automatically because of the fragrances more drawn to the like the, the more complex scents, or I mean, do you have daily drivers that are like sandalwood? Like, you know what I mean? Um, like, just simple. Yeah, I think you know I am drawn to more complex scents, but I I will also say for for me personally, I like a variety. So in the summer, you just give me if you give me a really freaking good like citrus. Uh, and it could be a two note thing a three note thing I, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it because if you if you just get the blend and you and you nail it i feel like i can appreciate that scent just as much as you know a clone dupe or inspired by that's like 15 notes long i, I can appreciate that too right if, if again if, as long as it's done well but uh, one other factor for uh for myself is y- uniqueness so, you know, like a lot of these um, 
these great collaborations you work with, whether it's with Sean, whether it's with one of the other um, perfumers, which uh, I'm glad you kind of brought that up, brought that up because that was on my, my little checklist of things to, um, to mention. But <laughs> it's great that um, you've, you're kind of introducing the wet shaving world to these kind of known or at least like indie, you know, indie known uh, perfumers because I think it's such a great, it's such a great gateway either way, right? Like wet shaving into fragrances and, or, and now with more collaborations, fragrances back into wet shaving. Like I'm, I'm all for that. Um, People discovering either, um, either of those things. So yeah, so I I don't, you know, I'm not consistent where uh, it'll be like, if this is simple, I'm going to pass it up. It's like, I like it. If my, if I like it, um, it just smells good. I'm going to use it. It, 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 you know, it, right. it's pretty, okay. pretty simple in that way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's always interesting because Sean's the only U.S. perfumer that I've worked with so far. Mm. And, um, it's interesting to work with other people because I know Sean a bit on the personal level so I can also be like texting and be like hey so what about blah 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 um and uh you know it's a little bit different when you work with someone that is French and doesn't know English and I don't know I don't know French Hmm. so it's like there's a little bit of a language barrier that you have to get past um and with Rirana um you know when I reached out to them I was like cold calling them basically. I just really? I got oh. there. Yeah, I got there. Um, I, you know, I have this thing like the worst people can do is say no, right? Yeah. Like, yes. okay, you're not interested. Okay, thanks. You know, I appreciate your time. Move on. It is what it is. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They could say yes. You know what? Rurana said yes, and I really didn't think they would. Um, <laughs> they never did this. Could you? Could you share? Because I, I think I read or, or heard a little bit about how you, you like discovered Rirana. I, I believe it's through another mutual friend of ours. Could you just go like, yeah. how, how did they get on your radar? So last year sometime, at some point, Dave Cowley, um, who I absolutely love. He's, he's so what I've talked to since I was like really new, actually. Um, he posted like a review or something about them. And he just kept going on and on about how great they were. And I was like, um, something that I've tried to do because I've really not been big into perfumes before now. And I'm like, I think it's part of like the learning journey is I'm trying to like just get more exposure, you know, so I've been trying new, new people and new, new artisans in a sense. So, um, I was like, okay, well, I'll check them out. And I looked and they have this fantastic discovery set and it's like $75 shipped for like 10, three mil like samples that are great labeled, like great presentation, everything. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, okay. So I got that. And when they came in, I was blown away. I loved it. <laughs> like, um, I feel like a lot of artisan perfumers, and it's part of the learning journey, I think, but a lot of artisan perfumers, they tend to have a heavy hand, and it's not as well balanced as, like, other scents, I think. Yeah. Um, it's almost like they're just, like, macro-dosed on certain things, and and that's fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it, but sometimes I think you can see, like, the progression in, like, their learning, you know? Like, it just becomes more well-rounded. And even with Sean, like, if you look at his like, earlier stuff versus, like, the stuff he's knocking out now with Neuroactive, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can see his learning, like, progression mm-hmm. and, like, the sophistication. Doesn't have to be more complicated, just the sophistication and the blending and things like that. And so um, they were just amazing. And um, there, there was like four in there that I am just completely obsessed with. Oh, I nice. love the. Do you have their sample set? No, no. So I, actually, uh, a buddy of mine that's less local, really into perfumes. He f- found out I was like, I, I really like this scent, and he's like, yeah. next time I see him, he's gonna pass on to me his discovery set. So I'm super uh, excited to check it out. Okay. Shout so, out to Todd. To Todd. You, you get me up, right? <laughs> <laughs> when you get it, you hit me up. They have one called um, Blackwood. There's a spice and oud or something like that, or black oud and then spice and wood. I think is what it is. Those two are amazing. Um, mm-hmm. There's this one. There's cherry on top. Anyway, they're so they're so good. There's like no bad ones in there. Okay. And I was just like, I wonder if I can get them to make me a scent. Like I could just kept thinking about that. I was like, I wonder if they can make me a custom. Like if I, I wonder if they do that. 
And so when I reached out to him, I was like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, or if you're interested in doing a collaboration, like I would love to do like one of like these scents. And they were like, okay, well, what about Coconut Nana's? It's our bestseller. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that was their bestseller. I mean, I'm not surprised. I, from what I've smelled, yeah. that it's lovely. Yeah. Well, they're in Malaysia too. So if they have, a, I know they have international, you know, mm-hmm. like followers, but they have, you know, obviously a lot of local people, I'm sure. So I, I'm sure a lighter scent probably just for their weather and stuff like that probably just goes a lot better. But um, yeah, it's, it's either their bestseller or one of their bestsellers. So okay. um, yeah, and they're making me a custom scent. So I like, it was a win-win. So. <laughs> It was awesome. I was like, I literally like messaged Dave. I was like so excited. My husband was coming up telling him and he was like, okay. And I'm like, do you understand what this means? Like, how awesome this is? And he was just like, yeah, it's great, babe. Yeah, no, his his energy is great, and and just to give him a plug too, that's uh, Dave Callie, Callie's Groom Room on Instagram and on YouTube. He does fragrance videos. busy it's not like he can do all of my scents i mean yep. he has his own sense to make he's doing yep. stuff with like scott and stuff and and i do i think we have um same with like him and dennis from c4 you know we have a different relationship than he has with scott obviously um and we are literally like that was the thing that people were confused about whenever watchman came out they're like well it's a collaboration it's really not like oh, right right um, and, and it's easy for like your mind to just go there, but really his, all of his collaborations are exclusive to Scott. I mean, that is definitely their relationship. That is like, you know, their, their agreement that they have set up. So it's not really a collaboration. It's, it's literally me paying Sean to, to make me a perfume, right? I'm contracting him. I'm like, it's yes. like a subcontractor, just like if I hire a label designer or a copyright or whatever, it's 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 the same thing. He falls into that same category. I mean, obviously Sean and I, you know, are friends and we have a relationship, but, um, and so I know him on a personal level now, but I mean, we're still not technically, it's not, it's a little bit different. I mean, nothing is marketed yeah. under his name, obviously. Um, I do use him. I do know him as the perfumer and, um, even on my perfume bottles or boxes, he's like his story and his like more information. Like I try to just spread the word about him. So oh, nice. like on the bottles, the perfume comes in, I'm like, for more information, you know, like this, I, I think it's worded something like, um, this project was brought to life by Sean Mayer of Mayer Effective. For more information, visit blah, blah, blah. So I try to give him like all the credit where I can. But it's not, you know, we are, it's, it's not a collaboration, um, even though we're definitely working together because he is doing, he, he's, he's, his creativeness is led by me. Um, and not that I'm taking credit for his creativeness at all. No, no. But, at but, all whatsoever. But, but it's like, but you are the client and, and you're, thinking, yes, you've exactly. commissioned, commissioned him, work for hire. Exactly. However, yeah, I mean, it's right. Your friendship or, or closeness is like, uh, gravy where like you said you can if you have something pop right. in your head you exactly. could text him and, yeah. but you wouldn't do that with like Byron well, and there's a language barrier of right. course but <laughs> yeah. yeah there is a language where I was like hey how is your English and he was like my English is good as my Chinese and I was oh, like no. <laughs> Like I don't like I don't assume you don't know Chinese. So. Yeah, I don't really know like, what that means. I assume that means no. Yeah. But yeah, Google Translate is sometimes your friend and sometimes not your friend. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, it's been interesting though. I will say, like, I mean, I've approached other perfumers that have told me no, where they're like, no, I don't do collaborations. Yeah. I don't do that. Or I only do perfume or whatever it may be. Um, mm. and you know what the worst they can do is tell me no so oh my gosh you want to hear a funny story so okay this isn't really funny so I am terrified of spiders this is like a thing that my test my testing group like harasses me about but I'm literally <laughs> like it's a legit like major fear for me okay. and my old workshop here at the house um had, I, I were kind of like in the county and I had wolf spiders do you know what those are are they, the- they look like little baby tarantulas, but they're huge, but they're not tarantula huge, okay. but they're like 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're right. They're not tiny guys. <laughs> they're the big beachy ones. Yeah. Um, so I had a lot of them in my old shop. And so if it got late and I was out there working, I started seeing a lot of them. I knew it was time for me to go in because that's when I came out. So I was like, okay, it's time for me to go home. You guys can have it, whatever. Um, but the new <laughs> workshop doesn't really have spiders. So I was really enjoying it. Okay. And like, what is it? Okay. Like Tuesday, I guess. I pop open this box to ship out a wholesale order and there's this spider like laying flat, like against the inside of this box. Right. Oh. And I'm like, what the hell? I've never seen a spider do that. So I'm like, of course this is after I scream. And so I'm like tapping him out and I kill him. And I kept thinking, that's just really weird. Like something about him. So I take a picture of him. And so like, the middle of the night, Tuesday night, I can't sleep. So I pull up the spider picture and I start Googling it. It's a fucking brown recluse. I, I have brown recluse in my workshop. Like, this is worst fucking nightmare for me, John. Like, you don't understand. Like, I am terrified. I'm, I'm not sure what that spider is. It doesn't sound good, given the name. It's, a, um, like, it's one of, like, the two poisonous spiders we have oh in God. the state. Like, it literally causes, like, if it bites you, it literally causes, like, your tissue to, like, necrose. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, got it. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, like, it's actually a dangerous, not just a creepy spider. It's actually, like, it'll (laughs) It'll get you. Yeah. Like, it'll make your ass sick. It was dead? Or, no, no, it was flat, and then you you got to it before it could get to you. And it killed it. Yeah, Yeah, no, I, like, I had, like, popped open the box, and so I, like, popped the box down on the ground, and when I did, the box, like... Pity, but it like it killed me. But oh, geez, I was like, I, I'm only because I'm scared of spiders even looked in the box to begin with. Like, it's a habit for me because, like, out here, like, I would have so many spiders and stuff that, like, I would open things and I would immediately look see if there was a spider in it. So, it's just habit, but thank god it is. So, the um pest inspector came today and he's like, So, you got like seven brown recluse in your glue traps, and I was like, What? Oh my gosh. So that's how my weeks went. <laughs> so, ooh. I'm like, this is like arachnophobia, literally for me. Like, this is like worst nightmare stuff. So, um, it's been a real interesting day. And um, <laughs> like, if you guys, if I'm ever on a live in my workshop, and you guys ever hear me scream, it's probably because I saw spiders. <laughs> has it has it happened before? On a live? On a live? No. Okay. Thank God. No, but sometimes when my, if I just seen one or made a comment to my, my, my guys, they'll sometimes be like, is that a spider behind you? And the first I would be like, what? But now they, now I'm on to this. They're, they just, they're just messing with you. Yes. They can't do that to me anymore. So, um, anyway, that's my tangent. Um, I hate spiders and I definitely hate Roman please. <laughs> oh man. No, I'm not a fan of creepy crawlies either. So. You can handle pretty much anything like give me a lizard give me a snake give me a snake like literally give me a snake give me a lizard give me anything but a spider i I just don't do spiders but um yeah so well thank you thank you for sharing the real dangers of the of the new workshop yeah it definitely comes with like its own creatures well i know um i've taken up a lot of your time and i do appreciate um you know just like spending the evening uh just chatting about all, all sorts of things but uh just one last question as we're winding things down um where where do you see wet shaving going or alternatively uh, we talked about something's coming up for zangari but like a little further down the line let's say in, in a year's time is there any uh any, any like goals big or small that you want to hit uh with with zangari man working on expanding outside the hobby um which i feel like probably most makers are somewhat trying to do but like it's actually been a focus this year um i had two i had two goals uh growth and to improve on my scent and um i feel like my scents definitely have like i've hit my goals with that um and for what i have planned the rest of the year i think that that it's good um and so i especially since I've been able to focus, I've only been a hundred percent Zingari for a month, basically. And so, um, 
I am really focusing on doing things to grow outside the hobby, like um, a presentation I did for a retailer yesterday that is 100% opposite from a hobby retailer. Um, but I, you know, I'm trying to do trade shows. I'm working on um, uh, like listing on Amazon, things like mm. that. Um, so that's kind of my big goal. Um, I do see that a trend in the hobby is I think there's going to be younger people come in. Um, okay. I think there is a shift. Yeah, I think that's kind of, I think that's what I'm seeing a little bit is um, not necessarily a massive shift, like a whole quick shift, right. but I definitely see right. younger coming in um and i can see that on the back side even like on my purchases and stuff so um i do know that that's happening um and i think that like working on like the labels and like improving the sense in general like will help bring that in um but as far as the hobby as a whole i think that um you know people are focusing on like zero waste better and um you know reduce reuse recycle blah 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 so you know, all those things. So um, I think that that will help bring in a little bit of a younger crowd, so to speak, who are a little bit more environmentally conscious. Um, that's where I see it going. Um, I had, I had a projection whenever COVID hit last year, people were like, oh, like the, the smaller artisans are just going to go away. Like, they're just, they're not going to be able to afford it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't think that's the case. I think you're going to see growth because people are having a little bit more time, maybe a little less, it, it's different stress, but like maybe less stressed in some ways um, and maybe time factor stress, you know, as far as like activities and like busyness. And so they're going to have more time to like focus and like bring in their A game for like, you know, kick up everything. And I think we saw that last year. I think we saw a lot of artisans um, that were smaller, like really emerge a little bit more. And I think we saw some of the ones who um, were a little bit more well-known in the community, like really flourish because, you know, either they had to or they had time to like really put their yeah. energy into it. And, you know, there's nothing like giving creative people time yeah. because <laughs> that's when Very the magic true. happens. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that, like, the growth from that last year is, is blending into this year for the hobby and so the artisans. Um, and, you know, when, the heart, when the artisans have time to get creative, obviously everybody um, benefits, right? Like, the artisans benefit because it's their output. Um, they benefit because then they have like a return and sales and things like that but you guys benefit you get a little bit more choice you get more like new ideas and things like that that you're presented with so it's you know it's it definitely goes both ways i think uh, i do want to thank you again so much for both your insight and just even you know, kind of letting us peek behind the curtain see you know what's going on uh with with zingari and i just do want to say uh I, I hope for just continued success continued growth and really that you just max the crap out of that four thousand square feet of space <laughs> It might, it might take me a bit of a time, but like, I, I got a goal, so we'll see. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Heather. You have a good night. All right, you as well. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Lather Talk. You can find all the links for Zangari Man, Gerard, and myself in the show notes. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you can help us out in two ways. First, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, consider leaving us a five-star review. Second, if you're watching us over on YouTube, we'd love it if you hit that like button and consider subscribing, if you haven't done so already, to the channel so you won't miss future episodes. Thank you guys again, and we hope to see you next time.